0: Welcome to Native Yoga Toddcast. My name is Todd McLaughlin, and I will be your host. If you would like to learn more about our upcoming live stream yoga classes, workshops, teacher trainings, and or our online yoga studio, please visit us at NativeYogaCenter.com. Thank you. Sit back, relax, and we hope you enjoy this episode. Today I have a special guest, Amanda Palermo. I'm very pleased to introduce you to her. For those of you that have not had a chance to meet her, um, for those of you that have, then I know you're already excited. Um, Please check out Amanda's work at her website, which is grassrootsyogaflorida.com. The spelling on that is G R A S S R O O T S Y O G A F L dot com, grassrootsyogafl.com. And you'll get a chance to see what her and uh, her teaching partner, Greg Nardi, are up to in the yoga community. You can take online classes with them, chanting classes, yoga classes. They offer a wide range of years of experience and knowledge in the field of yoga. Uh, instead of wasting any more time, I am really excited to bring Amanda on the line. Pleased to have Amanda Palermo here today. Amanda, how are you?
1: I'm good. I'm good, thanks. Yeah, thanks s- for having having me.
0: Oh, please. I'm so excited to have a chance to speak with you on the podcast, and um, I'm just really excited to hear what you have to say about some some of the topics that we're going to discuss today.
1: Yes. Yeah. I'm excited.
0: How how are excited. you? How are you doing? I know you're in Fort Lauderdale and you're teaching actively um, with uh, your your teaching partner with Greg Nardi, and you guys are yeah. able to um, still or operate within the realm of virtual teaching. How how are you doing? How is everything going?
1: It's good. It's going really well. We you know when the pandemic started, Greg and I kind of um, just sort of observed what was happening in the community um, in South Florida, Mm. and, you know, just kind of decided that we wanted to offer something to our students, and just because we felt like people really needed something um, to support them through, you know, this time that we're all living in, and so we just started you know, we started teaching virtually. Um, we started with some lead classes. We started with some breathing, chanting and meditation classes. And then we started adding some assisted self-practice and that's going really well. And we've added some somatic awareness classes in the evening. So, you know, it's been an interesting ride. <laughs> right. <laughs> Doing the whole. Oh my thing. gosh. Yeah. Yeah. But it's, it, you know, I think it's been wonderful for the students, for our you know our community, and I think it's also been good for 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 myself, even as as a as a teacher, as a student, just having some structure um, to my life, you know, and just still feeling like I can contribute something to people during during this time.
0: That's such a good point, Amanda. I hear you. There's definitely a, a direct link to sanity and being yeah. able to still feel of service or ability yes. to, com- yeah, I hear you. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. I, I just kind of, I don't think we had a bigger vision than just, you know, saying, okay, let's offer something. Let's see. And, and it was good for us too. I think Greg and I needed to feel like we were being active participants as well. Um, mm. and, and just supportive of, of, of our students and and also like we were able to kind of connect to people outside of florida which is the beauty of virtual too so that's yeah. been really really exciting as well
0: that's awesome amanda um so that our listeners can get a chance to know you better can you give us like a brief history of your experience coming into yoga and where you are today
1: yeah i am um, well, I'm originally from Orange County, California. Nice. And I started yoga at Yoga Works, actually. That was the there was a Yoga Works studio right by my house where I was growing up and that's the, that was that's the
0: original one, right?
1: It's, it's, yeah, well, I think the original was in, I believe in Santa Monica, but they, oh, they yeah. opened up, yeah, they had opened up another one in Orange County, which was and it was in Costa Mesa, which is actually where, where I'm from.
0: Nice.
1: And it was the first time I ever took a yoga class with that yoga work. Um, and it happened to be in a stronger class. <laughs> so
0: That's I, awesome.
1: I, I literally walked into an Ashtanga yoga class as my first yoga class ever. So um
0: was it like a lead was, primary series class or my It, it was a it
1: it was a lead primary series class. I had never done yoga before. Um and I <laughs> just kind of yeah, you can you imagine? And I, I, I just remember sitting on the mat and so the room was very quiet and the teacher walked in and everybody sort of stood up and so I thought, Okay, I need to stand up and um all of a sudden, the teacher starts doing the opening mantra. I don't know what the opening mantra is, obviously, and I'm just listening to the opening mantra, and I remember just being completely blown away by it and thinking, like, "What is this? <laughs> this is," <laughs> and, and but kind of like amazed by it too. I thought, "Wow, this is this is kind of cool," and um, I just kind of you know con- continued um, to practice. That was God, maybe. Nineteen years ago, nice. Maybe.
0: Yeah, twenty years ago, like, 2000, something like 2001
1: Something, yeah, like around there. Um,
0: was I mean, and I
1: had time, uh, I had dabbled in yoga like a little bit before that because my my family, like my parents, were into transcendental meditation, and my mm. I had like an an aunt at the time um, when I was very young. She had taken me to a yoga class when I was like seven or eight years old. So I, I was kind of like familiar with yoga. I mean, growing up in Orange County in Southern California, yeah. you know, yoga, everybody's doing yoga. So right.
0: <laughs> That's so true. That's what's so awesome about California is that you have that much longer history of people being exposed to yoga culture. So it's so a part of it. Whereas I find on the East Coast, maybe it's more recent in the relative scheme of things. Yeah. Yeah,
1: And I I think the Ashtanga community, too, because, you know, Patabi Joyce had, you know, been going, I think, to Encinitas or he had been to California. And so I think the the roots of the practice in California, in Southern California are so, you know, it's just so rooted there. You know, it's been around. Ashtanga yoga has been around for a long time in Southern California. So when you practice there, you get a sense that it's, you know. It definitely um, has an established community for sure.
0: That's a really amazing part of the country. I agree. Have you traveled down into Encinitas in Southern California?
1: Yeah, I haven't really practiced down there, but I've traveled down there, like to San Diego, and when I was growing up, and it's just it's just a beautiful, beautiful place and. I, you know, I've practiced, um, in Laguna Beach. There's a, a really amazing, uh, studio called Pacific Asanga in, mm. in Laguna Beach. And that's really an amazing place and very welcoming studio. Um, and so there's just, a, there's this with David. I practiced with David Miliotis and, yeah. you know, it's, it's just a great community. And I always just feel like when I practice, they're very welcomed by everybody. It's just so laid back.
0: That's awesome. Did, um, how then, twenty years ago to now, you're teaching in South Florida. What was yeah, your? What, that <laughs> <laughs> <not>
2: that
1: <laughs> happened, right? <laughs> you know, there was like a whole series of events <laughs> that happened. I, mean, I believe I, it. I lived, yeah. I lived in New York. I lived in New York for, for uh, New Jersey for a long time, and I I was practicing yoga there too, and. Had my whole journey with <laughs> with yoga practice in in that area, which is which is cool and and then we ended up moving to South Florida about eleven years ago, nice. and you know I had ended up doing uh, I just had this really strong desire to teach, um, and I had been practicing for so long at that at that point that I, I felt ready to to teach, and I really wanted to share yoga, so I had done a teacher training. And, uh, you know, I just started teaching, you know, I, I was teaching vinyasa classes, mm-hmm. my my personal practice was Ashtanga, but I was also going around and getting to know the South Florida community. So I was taking vinyasa classes and just kind of like spending time in a lot of different studios, just trying to connect to the community. Yeah. And, um, and I just started, you know, teaching, you know, I just started teaching, teaching like crazy. Um... And then I started uh, teaching Asanga too. <laughs> nice. And, and then I ended up meeting Greg uh, mm, a few years ago. And, you know, he was like, hey, I'm opening up a place. Are you interested in teaching? And I said, sure. And I ended up, you know, exclusively teaching um, at AYW for, you know, over for about three years for, from the time it opened to the, to the time it, it
0: closed. So. Which is a Stanga Yoga Worldwide and which yeah. was on which road? Las Solas Boulevard? Right? It was
1: on La Yeah, it was on La Sola yeah. in Fort Lauderdale. And yeah. And then, you know, Greg and I just kind of when that you know, the physical space of AYW closed, then we just decided that we still wanted to teach together. You know, we still we had formed a partnership, we still wanted to teach together. And you know, I just kind of thought of this kind of cool thing I wanted to create, you know, called grasses yoga.
2: Nice. And,
1: you know, and it was just a vehicle for us to still share and to teach and to kind of keep our community together. And, and then, you know, cut to now with the pandemic and, <laughs> and so just, you know, switching over to virtual. So yeah. we still, you know, we're still, we're still at it.
0: You know, it's almost like some serendipitous, um, you know the timing of all that though I don't know, I think there was i mean i it seemed good, I don't know like yeah. you you, got, you you know to to already walk away from a physical space you know prior to the challenges that a lot of yoga studios are facing currently could be seen as a really perfect timing situation. <laughs> <laughs>
1: Yeah, I think so. <laughs> yeah. I think, I think I think so. Yeah. I mean, I think it, you know, things I always I'm such a big believer in you know, when when things happen, sometimes they don't in the moment seem like they're it's a great thing, yeah. you know. Yeah. But so, you know then you, they say, you know, hindsight's 2020. So
0: That's a good point. You know
1: it. <laughs> yeah
0: yeah you're like now I'm okay, but then no, it was not easy like that was not yeah, that was it, not an easy
1: it, <laughs> yeah. no it really wasn't it really wasn't it was like it was very it was very sad you know but um you know then it just grassroots was a grassroots was a is an opportunity was an opportunity for us to kind of go um i mean we're still teaching Asanga. we're still teaching assisted self practice i mean grassroots is is rooted in the in a traditional practice but yeah of a, of a Sangha, but we also kind of decided we wanted to really focus on the other parts of the practice, mm. which, you know, not just asana. And I think that, that the grassroots has really given us that opportunity to share with students other practices that can just support their asana practice also.
0: That's awesome. You know, I I, last time I got a chance to practice with both you and Greg, and you guys did some mantra work um, prior and during and post session. And, um, you know, I well, I've always um, been just, you know, completely fascinated with uh, mantra. And then to when I first got a chance to hear Greg uh, chant and take classes with him in Sanskrit, um, always. I was always just impressed by, well, I know there's very few teachers that actually take the time to learn it like that. And then when I heard you guys chanting together and, and to feel that connection that you guys have uh, on that level was really powerful. And um, so I feel like you know, I, I feel like you guys. That's that's awesome that you're offering this element to the community uh, because I think it's something that's hard to find. It's harder to find. It's hard to find people that are not only familiar with it but also good at teaching it and um, mm-hmm. sharing it. And on that note, can you uh, explain a little bit to us, like what what it's like to teach and to practice and to be involved with the uh, mantra mm-hmm. yoga?
1: Yeah, I. Uh, well, I was introduced to chanting actually in my teacher training oddly enough mm. um which was which was quite which was a long 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 time ago before um before i moved florida and i the teacher just kind of taught us some very simple repetition like japa with the mala beads, just mm-hmm. very simple repetition and it really just something about it, I just connected to it. And I, I remember thinking, I just want to do this every day. I want to do this all the time. And when I finished with the teacher training, I continued to sort of teach myself chants, different chants. I didn't really know much about, you know, the differences between chants and mantras and chanting and mantras and the yoga sutras. And I didn't really know a lot about that. I just knew that I there was something that I really connected to. I I really connected to chanting. I just, so I I just taught myself. Basically, I would just listen to different chants and different mantras and practice them. And I just knew that it was kind of doing something to me, Mm -hmm. you know. And but I really did want to learn more. I really had a desire to learn more. And I, and you were, and you're right. There, there wasn't anyone around at that time that I could turn to to help me with that. There, mm-hmm. there weren't a lot of teachers that were chanting. There, there really wasn't anyone around that, that had enough knowledge that they could sort of share it with me or, you know, expose me to more information about it. And, uh, when I started practicing with Greg a long time ago and he was chanting a lot, That was one of the things that I really, you know, connected with him about. I was like, Mm. wow, he, you know, he, he's really, he connects to chanting and maybe he can help me. Yeah. (laughs) And, and, uh, and really, you know, my journey with it has been very simple, um, which is I just listened, you know, I, I would just Mm. sit with him and I would just listen and I would try to repeat what he was chanting, even if it didn't sound right. Even if I messed up the Sanskrit, I just I just kept practicing it and practicing it and practicing it. And I would record some of the chanting, and I would just listen to it and practice and practice. And I found that I was more of an auditory learner. Mm. I didn't really look at the page. I just listened. I was really, really tuned in to, to listening to the sounds. And then we started chanting the Yoga Sutras, and it was the same thing. I just listened and listened and listened. So it was more like, I guess you could say I learned more in the oral tradition, you know, Mm -hmm. just listening. But for me, it is a form. It is meditation. It's just another form of meditation Mm -hmm. and different types of chanting. I think give you a different experience. So, um, when we work with our students at grassroots in the morning, we have these breathing, chanting, and meditation sessions. We've exposed them to different chants. So sometimes we chant the Shanti mantras. Sometimes we chant the sutras. Sometimes we do japa, but each one of those, it affects you differently. Mm. And so sometimes there's more of a vibration you might feel. Maybe it helps you to concentrate more. Um, but everybody connects to those different types of chanting differently. And I encourage the students to practice all those different ways of chanting and then pick the one that they connect to the most mm. and try to decipher, well, how is it affecting you? What does it make you feel? And, and I think that that's um, important. And I just try to keep it very simple. I actually quite frankly have found, That people are afraid of chanting, which I I think is why a lot of people aren't doing it.
0: What do you think is the thing that they're fearful of?
1: Well, I think what I've heard from a lot of students is that they they always say, I don't like the way I sound. I have a terrible voice. I Mm. think somehow they connect chanting to performance Mm. or that chanting is singing. Or I think sometimes maybe they get it a little confused with kirtan, maybe. Mm -hmm. So, um, and it is a little different. So I think, um, I think it's that. I think they, they feel that in order to chant that they have to like perform a song or that they, or they have to sound good in, in some way. And, and when I've done very introductory workshops with students, the first thing I tell them is you're not performing. Mm. Don't worry about how you sound. It's not even about how you sound. It's about making a sound. Mm. No matter what it sounds like, it's the, just experience, like just practicing to make a sound and then it's really about tuning inward and noticing how that sound is affecting you.
0: Nice. That's a good and that's that, a that's a really good explanation. <clears throat> That's a good way to keep it simple too. I liked how you said that your excuse <clears> me <throat> introduction with learning or practicing with Greg was through that listening process first, and and then you started to try without the judgment of doing it right or wrong, um, and and that was really simple. Maybe all those elements are are keys to being able to find that sort of connection with it, as opposed to. Jumping in with a group that seemed to all know it perfectly with a very difficult non-repetitious chant that that's challenging. That maybe you just be like, "Oh, there's no way I could ever do this."
1: Right. That that there's that too. And I <laughs> there's think it's, that. Yeah. And it, well, and, and yeah. it's a song story too. People, I mean, then then we're asking people to to basically make sound in a foreign language, right? right. So then there's there's that element also. So I usually, you know, we give the students. Um, you know, when we were teaching in person, it, you know, in a physical space, I would, we would always have chanting sheets around because I recognize too that some, some people just aren't auditory learners. They, they're mm-hmm. visual. They have to see the words. And so I think that's okay too. So I try to consider all the different ways that the students learn. Some might need to have that chanting sheet in front of them. To feel comfortable, right. Some might feel like they need to have to be in private because they don't want anyone to hear them <laughs> right. um, chanting. So, but I think it's it's people. It, it, it is such a powerful, a powerful meditative tool to just focus focus the mind, and you just hone in on those words, or you hone in on that sound, and it just it's like everything just falls away. And you're, you're just in that present moment. It's a way to keep you in the present moment because if you're out of the present moment, you forget the words, you forget the the sound, mm. you, you know, it does require a tremendous amount of concentration yep. and concentration means you have to be, you know, you have to be present to concentrate. Yes. So, you know, so it, it's it's just a it's a wonderful thing that i i've connected to and it, it is it, it's it's hard for people to to understand it or they they you know it has been sometimes i find you know students can be a little resistant to it but i think if they understand that it's it's not about how you sound it's more about the feeling that it's invoking in your body is is the most important thing and that it's a form of meditation. And it's also uh, like a pranayama practice.
0: Also. Mm, good point.
1: <laughs> you know, and so that's kind of why we, you know, in the mornings with the students, we do these breathing, chanting, meditation practices because we're trying to show them that it's, it's all connected and that chanting and pranayama are, just, are very much uh, interlinked, right? Mm. Because with pranayama, you're learning to control your breath. And with chanting, one of the things that sustains the sound is the breath and having control over your breathing.
0: That's a good so, point. That's, yeah, like if you, if you practice the mantra and you're interested in pranayama, your pranayama experience will probably improve. And if you're a pranayama practitioner, which is breath- breath control or breath practice and you're interested in a mantra you'll probably find that that connection or one would help or both are gonna prop each other up a little bit more yeah that's cool
1: yeah I, I, yeah absolutely and I, I think too you know there may be sometimes the mantras or the the they, they're like we're doing a mantra for Ganesh and we're doing a mantra for this deity or that deity and sometimes that can kind of maybe people might go be uncomfortable with that too and that and that's okay too you know i just say you know what focus on the sound (laughs) and focus on how it on how it it makes you feel and i think that you know it's that's the most the most important thing and my but like i said before my parents when i was growing up Mm. They practice transcendental meditation. I know. I, I was so, thinking that
0: when you said that, or, or that reminded yeah. me when you mentioned that, that you probably had been uh, introduced to mantra back then.
1: Yeah. Well, And my father was like wild about <laughs>
0: transcendental
1: meditation. It was yeah. like, he, he, he needed it, first of all.
0: <laughs> had he gone and taken <laughs> initiation with um, Maharishi? <laughs>
1: Yeah, not with Maharishi, but they had my father had found uh, a a transcendental meditation center in Los Angeles. I was born in Los Angeles, Uh so it was it was in Los Angeles, and he got had gone and gotten initiated. And then my mother was actually pregnant with me, and I guess my father had decided that that would be the optimal time for my mother to start a TM practice. (laughs) So he he took my mother. My mother got initiated. And it ended up being a whole family thing. My, my cousin and my cousin, my brother, uh-huh. my aunt and uncle, they all, everybody got involved in That's it. That's awesome. And yeah. It was, it was really cool. But my mother, when she was pregnant with me, she was really connected and maintained this TM practice for uh-huh. her whole pregnancy with me. Um, and for people that don't know about TM, TM is basically you sit for, you know, um, 20 minutes twice a day. Um, and you repeat a mantra that is given to you Mm -hmm. in secret or privately. And, um, and so my mother was doing this while she was pregnant with me and I, I've always wondered or thought that there must be a connection for me because the first time I ever started or heard chanting in that teacher training, it was like, familiar to me even though it was
0: new yes that makes perfect sense amanda because um i mean because we hear about how that when when we're in utero we can hear sounds and detect different voices and mm-hmm. almost develop a connection with our family before we're actually born and we hear these ideas about playing, you know, soothing music and or classical music or in this case what you're talking about where which is a, a doubly powerful instrument to say have your mom be vocalizing something so there's a sound vibration but also then to have that like connection like like blood connection going on too would would just really <laughs> turn the turn the the power up I would imagine, right? Like that it sounds a, a very ideal situation to be introduced to mantra
1: yeah and and my i after i was born i think my my mother didn't do it as often but my my father continued to do his pm practice Uh off and on for most of his life so that's cool um yeah it was it was it was it was interesting. You know, he, I would ask him questions about it when I was quite young, you know, and, cause I wanted to understand what it was that he was doing. I didn't, you know, I was only you know, six or seven and I didn't understand why I had to be quiet and couldn't go mm. bother him at certain times of day mm. because he was doing his, his meditation practice. And, you know, I remember he, him trying to explain to me, you know, what meditation was and, um, you know, I just remember him saying, Oh, you know, you just you you sit and you and you close your eyes and, and you you quiet yourself and you feel happy. And you know, that's just kind of how he shared it with me. I was only yeah, six. So, you know, it... That's um, really sweet, that's Amanda. I yeah.
0: <laughs> that's awesome. That definitely Yeah that's really cool. I mean I, I feel like probably in hearing that story it makes me think that you know, I, right away I kinda think, wow, what a I, I I would like to have that happen to me. And then <laughs> maybe we'd maybe think, Well, I didn't grow up with that particular experience, however, what can I do like about that right now? And then so right. if I start learning to chant now, that that would create some nice vibrations for whoever i get to be around right now or uh, even yes. or yeah or even if it's in private um i guess on that note like what can you can you define what mantra means like is there like a literal translation of what mantra means if we break the words down
1: actually you know what mantra i actually don't even know actually what mantra means to be honest i've never even asked or even questioned.
0: it. I, I think I think from <laughs> from what I have heard is that it relates to manas which is ah. mind and so like my, I don't know if this is correct or not but mind protection or mm. like almost like a mind I was going to say a mind field, but that almost sounds like mind field, <laughs> a, a like a, a field for the mind, like a like a protection field. But that's why I wanted to ask you because I'm not sure if that's 100 percent correct.
1: <laughs> well, but you know what though, I, I I think it sounds oh it sounds correct in a sense because you know in some ways like you know there are mantras that you would do for protection, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I do feel it is in some ways, yeah. You are um, putting a force field around your mind. In a sense, you are mm. protecting your mind. Mm. You know, what are we protecting our mind from? Well, you know, the 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 fluctuations, the you know, the tizavizis, you know, that mm. we in the Yoga Sutras, right? All of the mind chatter, all of the mind projections, all the trips that we lay on ourselves, the negative self talk. You know, the, the, all the thinking that's really harming us, right? That's not really mm. doing any good. It, what the chanting and mantra does is it, it keeps those thoughts from coming in. It is, in a sense, protecting your mind from unnecessary thinking, mm. from all of that chatter. You know, that, that kind of like, you know, if we look at the Yoga Sutras, that, you know, 1.2, You know, yoga is the cessation of the fluctuations of the mind. So the mantra is helping us to, you know, um, stop all of that chatter. Or at least if it doesn't stop, we can start selecting our thoughts a little bit better.
0: Yeah, I remember earlier when you had said that the amount of concentration that's required to... Maybe like if you did a call and I do a respond and you call a long line out of syllables and words and sounds and and in my mind I start going, oh no, oh no, how am I going to remember this? Then (laughs) the chance of being able to like recite that back is so much less than kind of what you mentioned where you're in that really present state, you're listening really carefully and then that when you go to recall it, it's almost like you're so present when you're you almost shock yourself when it comes out yeah. close to what you heard. Like it's almost that moment of like, oh my gosh, I did it. But then that's almost, that's, that reminds me of like where you're, you're doing something where you're balancing in a handstand and then you think to yourself, oh my gosh, I'm in it. And that's when you fall. And there's, <laughs> so it's such a fine line of where you're, 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 responding. You're going, wow, that was, I just did it. Oh my gosh. And then you already missed listening to the next line. So you're right that, <laughs> The concentration <laughs> element is so phenomenal there. Um, yeah, I, yeah, I can see where that that does create that sort of like you said with the fluctuations, that protection against the fluctuations or the I don't know, the yeah. like nice stilling. Do do you have mm-hmm. like when you when you hit a space like say you're like hitting a space where you're going, oh man, this is not good. I'm not feeling so stoked about things right now, or so happy about things right now that you have specific sound vibrations that, you, that, you, that you've remembered that have helped you in those specific situations that you use and, yes. and help you out?
1: Yes, yes. Um, sometimes, like I said, there's different ways in which we can chant or different things we can chant. We can chant the Yoga Sutras, we can chant Shanti Mantras, we can chant, uh, we can do Japa chanting. I, I found for myself um, when I'm when I'm not in a good place, when I feel emotionally like I'm not in a very good place, I'm feeling kind of down a little. I find that like chanting some of the the Shanti mantras, mm. they have a very um, for me on a personal level, they have such a calming effect, almost like a lullaby, mm. and they're very they feel very soothing to me. And very healing. And I think. I usually like to chant those. When I'm not feeling great. Mm. If I'm feeling a bit scattered. And I'm like all over the place. And I am having some difficulty concentrating. And I feel like okay Amanda. You need to focus right now. (laughs) Then like the yoga sutras are great. Because you have to remember. Every line. Every line. Every line. Every line. And that requires a lot of concentration and when I feel that I want to connect to some kind of uh, kinesthetic vibratory feeling, then I, maybe I'll do Joppa and I'll get my mala beads and I'll, you know, do a, a Joppa 108 repetitions. Um, so I think once you figure out again, that's for me personally though, um, everybody will feel different but when you have the experience of chanting all these different mantras then you know then you can kind of pick and choose which ones can serve you on on a particular day you know if you're really in tune with yourself and you know what you need then you'll know which type of chanting you, you want to do on that particular day that will serve you
0: that's awesome that sounds like when you yeah when you get enough practice and experience that you have a relationship with it that you could, you could be able to do that. I hope that this question won't put you on the spot and Mm. I'm totally open to you saying, I don't feel comfortable doing that right now, but would you be open to letting us hear what the, you said the Shanti mantra?
1: Uh, Yeah. So there's um, different Shanti mantras. So, so, the mantras that usually have, like, om shanti 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 at the end are the shanti mantras. Mm. To put it, to put it in a very simple definition, it's more, more, to, more to it than that. But, mm-hmm.
2: yeah.
1: but, as, so, so the mantras that are like the teacher student mantra, sahana bhavatu, that's a shanti mantra. Gotcha. There's a whole, co- there's a whole collection. Then there's om asatoma satgamaya. That's a shanti mantra. Gotcha. Um they are closing mantra in the Ashtanga yoga, our closing mantra that we do that's the mm-hmm. shanti mantra because we say om shanti 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 at the end. Gotcha. Um, I wouldn't mind doing one.
0: <laughs> that's cool. I appreciate that. Just I feel like if we could hear what like a direct um, to hear what what you're talking about. I'm I'm curious.
1: Sure. Okay. So, um, I'll do uh, Om Masatoma because it's an easy one and it's a Shanti Mantra and it's one of the first mantras that I taught myself because it doesn't have a whole lot of words it's not very long um, and the words the sounds are somewhat simple to make so I like I think it's a good introductory um, mantra nice. to do okay so I'll go ahead and uh, I'll chant one Om and then I'll do it. Thank you. Om Asatoma Sat Kamaya Tamatoma Jodhiyer Kamaya Mridhyorma Mridham Kamaya Oh, Shanti, 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 and that's
0: Can you try to teach me that? <laughs> <laughs> I know I got the om shanti 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 he at the end that's yeah that that, that part's easy (laughs) that's one of my that's one of my favorite ones when someone explained the that shanti means peace shanti and then shanti he like peace with a little extra power to it
1: yeah (laughs) peace with extra power I like that yeah that's awesome
0: that's cool Amanda. I hear you I feel like um It's, uh, you know, one, one thing that I've, I've definitely have come across personally is that I remember when I was, I always liked to sing and I would like to sing in the car. And I remember I was with a friend that was older than me and I was singing a song and he was like, why do you always have to sing? You know, you're, you got such a horrible voice. And he was like very, you know, kind of down on the fact that I was singing in the car. And so I got really self-conscious about, Mm. uh, about singing And I just kind of, you know, if you have someone kind of slap you down a bit, you're like, oh, maybe I should be careful here. Right, um, right, right. And there's definitely something to the fear element and then overcoming that fear and just accepting that maybe I don't sound so great, but the vibration of it feels good. So I'm just going to, you know, and like you said, maybe in private, um, yeah. Uh, you know, you also, to, to kind of build the confidence a little bit so that then when you're in public, you're
1: <laughs> you're <laughs> do you know. Do you have a, a chanting practice?
0: I do. I I do. I have a very, um, like, I don't have a whole lot, but I, I like to uh-huh. do the Hanuman Chalisa. Uh-huh.
1: Uh-huh. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I love yeah. it. I love it. I, I f- think,
1: I mean, I think, like, you know, the other thing, there's a whole other side of it, too, is that for me, it's like... Um, it's personal, right? Your mm-hmm. chanting practice becomes like really personal, and for me, it's it's a devote. There's a devotional aspect to that, you know. Like sometimes when I'm chanting, I'll it, you know I'll think about someone else, mm. and then it's like if I'm offering it up to that person, then it's like gets it out of my head, myself, because it's not about. Then it doesn't become about me and how I sound. It becomes about me creating this sacred sound that I'm offering up to someone that needs mm. that healing. You know, like yeah. I'll think about someone I love in my life or I'll think about a friend that's going through a really hard time and I'll just think about that person. You know, I remember I had a, a, a friend of mine um, a couple of years ago who who lost her husband and I remember just thinking like how horrible that was you know, I was like, Oh my God, that is just what she's feeling right now. Must be. I can't even imagine. And I, I remember doing some jaffa and I just was thinking about her the whole time, mm. you know, like just doing, I offered up my japa to her um, because I feel like it's when you can't, you are putting out a sound into the universe. You mm. are putting something out and it's, it's something, yeah, I mean, literally, like, if I chant in my house and I'm thinking of you, Todd, like, I don't, you know, you're not going to hear it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. But, I mean, I can hold you in my heart, yeah. right? And I can chant and hold you in my heart. And so, to me, it when it becomes about that, it becomes less about how it sounds. You know, it just becomes, like, this really personal wonderful thing you know and I and I've also told students like it's like putting a green drink inside of you you know every time you chant you're putting like something wonderful inside of you you're putting in like an amazing wonderful vibration something something pure something profound something transformative something powerful into your own body so it's like a spiritual green drink that you are putting into yourself every day so I like to think of it in 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 that way
0: that's awesome know? and and we could use some 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 serious green drinks right now, don't you think just to kind of keep yeah. our overall
1: <laughs> our overall health our drink, overall yeah.
0: health and mood <laughs> and like just to kind of remind ourselves that life is amazing and uh and that there's yeah. a lot there's a lot going on that's super positive and and uh I hear you that's that's pretty amazing Amanda I mean you're definitely getting me excited to to do some more chanting and I think the work that you and Greg do together is amazing and I I can't wait actually to join you guys online here over whenever (laughs) I know I haven't joined you guys lately and uh, I think you know really time and distance is irrelevant moving forward and so um, I just want to express my appreciation for you taking time to to share your passion with mantra with us today. I'm really, oh, really thank thankful. You for,
1: <laughs> no, I'm thankful for you. Thank you for, for having me and, and just being so, so open that you do this podcast and you know, have these discussions. is wonderful. And it, Thanks, I'm Amanda. sure every, everybody's benefiting from the community, so it's great.
0: Thank you so much, Amanda. Well, I'm yeah. really looking forward to catching up with you guys in person. But until then, I know I can still, you know, get together and uh and and join and and learn some of these chants with you guys online so i thank you so much and i I look forward to meeting up with you soon
1: all right see you soon todd
0: thanks amanda Okay,
1: Okay. okay
0: bye bye thank you so much for listening to today's episode of native yoga toddcast we really appreciate it and we hope you enjoyed remember that if you'd like to learn more about upcoming classes workshops teacher trainings and our online yoga studio all of which you can access at nativeyogacenter.com. Your support is greatly appreciated. Have a wonderful day.